POC. If this works, we'll just keep it yeah, going. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like, well, hey, why, why go through all the effort again, right? Powerful new technology. Cloud migration. Fully integrated system. HCX. And today we're delighted to announce... Welcome to the HCX Majors Podcast, episode two for August 12th, 2020, live from Indiana. I'm Britton Johnson. And from Colorado, I'm Andy Belts. And from Canada, I'm Kofi Ohula. Welcome, everybody. I just bumped my head on the microphone, so it's a good, good, warm opening. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hope your head's okay. It's okay, you know. I'm just I'm getting used to my new studio surroundings, and it's, you know, I I just moved to this place in Indiana, and wouldn't you know it, we just bought a house. So, <laughs> so, so I'm gonna be, get to I get to move twice in one year. It's gonna be nice. gr- it's gonna be great. <laughs> Sweet deal. Yeah. So you know, you move twice. I, I will be moving twice, is what I'm saying. Oh, got yeah. it. Yeah. So we're we're renting this place, and so oh, God, I'm with you. Yeah. Yep. So we we moved here in April, and then we're just kind of riding things out. Sold our other house in where we where we used to live in Wisconsin, and now, you know, we'd been kind of looking, and then just accidentally found this house that we both loved, and so now we're moving again. So, anyways, um, exciting. Yeah, that's 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 life, you know. So hey, I thought you know to to, to get right into what we're doing here on this HCX Majors podcast. Um, I think we had a really good first episode where we're missing Francis today. She couldn't be with us today. So hopefully Francis can enjoy us next time. Andy and Kofi are here. Andy, what's new in your world? Oh, not a lot with the current situation in the world. Um, I think this year would have been a huge travel year for me. Um, however, uh, it's been uh, not a travel year at all. Right. So, well, cause yeah, um, I think you were, you said, you told me at one point you were supposed to go to London for like an extended thing i was gonna be in the uk for a a little over a week and then go straight to france uh for for a week um and all work related um but that being said our our team with with vmware cloud foundation has been very busy we're um uh you know approaching 500 deployments um that's a lot that we've tracked that we know about that we know deep insights on so um that's and that's um just in the last couple of years so um so that's that's been good um so our team's doing well um personally i, I uh just what's new um we whatever you're willing to share yeah you don't have yeah to, yeah you know, this is no, this, yeah, this yeah. Not, it's not a therapy session we don't have to get super yeah. deep <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i was just gonna gonna mention we have we have a dog so that's been the first dog i've ever had personally so that's oh, been wow. fun and um outside of that i i, I passed the uh vcap for data center virtualization on friday last oh week, congratulations so. nice yeah, work. that, that is no go. small feat yeah, it's the deploy, not the design. So, in the in the weeds, configuring things, it was uh, just wanted to put that on my under my belt on my resume, get it done. So, you're, I'm, you're uh, like one step closer to BCDX, no? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm 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 just uh, starting to take a very strong focus on certs uh, in yeah. the you know starting now and 
kind of keeping that forefront in the next couple of years for me. So, yep. It's new with me. That, that reminds me, Kofi, I, I, I have my VCIX for NSX, the old NSX for vSphere. Mm-hmm. And I, so I used to qualify to, to get into the VCDX program to try it. <laughs> so I emailed them recently and I'm like, Hey, do I still qualify or do I have to like upgrade to the NSXT VCIX to get it? And I never heard anything back. So I got to follow up on that. I can, I can uh, tell you, uh, you, you do. Um, I have a VCIX for um, network virtualization as well. Um, I emailed and heard, heard back. Um, so simply put, yeah, you can do a VCDX design for either uh, NSXV or NSXT. Oh, interesting. There you go. All right. Yeah. Well. Maybe maybe when I'm not moving for the second time in a year, I can work on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you can use it as procrastination if you don't want to unpack boxes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kofi, how's the weather in Canada today? All I can say is winter's coming. <laughs> no. no, seriously, it's um, it's nice. Don't get me wrong, but like all the signs of winter are coming because. Uh, it's funny. Canada is it, it, like where I am specifically, it gets hot for like a week or two. And then you just notice right away, drastically temperatures just start tapering off. Everybody complains for two weeks. Then they're like, Oh, it's so hot. And then I'm like, well, it's over. <laughs> so <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. So yeah, we're well. going to, you know, we got a lot of good stuff happening. We did a lot of camping this summer. Uh, obviously, it's easier to do camping than traveling, and uh, typically out almost every weekend and mountain biking and cool stuff like that. So, keeping as active as I possibly can. And uh, today is my first run. I'm not looking forward to it at all, to be honest. Like like running. like an outside run. Yeah, like yeah. running, running. I um, somebody convinced me. Right, well, Why well, did you start running? I was yeah. like, I don't like running. He's like, trust me, well, here's, here's the 5K. Here's what you have to do when you get up <laughs> when you get up in the morning, Kofi. Just just do this. Yes, I Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that'll yes. that'll get you going. <laughs> that will get me you going. Know. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, so like, I, I feel like I can make fun of Canadians because my mother was was Canadian. So, oh, but no, it's not even making fun. You just <laughs> you just you just you just calling out what is. <laughs> so it's oh, all good. Everybody, everybody I know from Canada is overly positive and really, really nice. You know, so <laughs> that is very true. It just fit, yeah. it just fits. It fits. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Right. How about you? You know, aside from. Uh, uh, putting in an accepted offer on a house recently. I I took we, we our, our kids started school last week, and so I had to take one of them to school this morning. And by the time I got home, my beater truck that I have wasn't like shifting properly, and I limped it home into the driveway. And there was a pu- puddle of stuff coming out of the front front of the truck this morning. So mm-hmm. it just got flatbedded over to the shop. <laughs> so my truck no. died. My truck died this morning. So that's not good. But you know, yeah. Well, it's reason to buy a new one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have any jalopy sound effects. I'll have to work on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But cool. it's this old. I, I bought an old 2007 Honda Ridgeline for the move, and it's got 144,000 miles on it. I paid like nothing for it. The thing was has been bulletproof. This is the first real problem it's had. 
Um, I mean, I hold tons of loads with the thing. So I'm amazed it didn't break down before this. So yeah. but it's, but I, I love it. I, mean, I just love having, you know, piece of junk beater truck that, you know, if somebody dings the door, you don't care. You know, it just, yeah. it's just, it is what it is. It's all, it's all good. All right. Let's, let's dive into this topic here. We, we, we started going through kind of the things we wanted to talk about. We, we sort of talked about use cases and things and general discussion on what HCX is last time around. So this time we kind of wanted to talk about, you know, going through a proof of concept, what it kind of takes to get there. And I think we could actually, I think we could stretch this out into two episodes because there's so much that goes through this. So we'll, 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 well, let's kind of just, you know, have a conversation, talk about this and figure out what makes sense to, to, to kick out for the next one. I think, I think more of the, more of the focus for the next one will be sort of the people processes and tools discussion around, you know, how you go about it. So like, I think we can, for this one, if I, I'd like to frame it kind of the way around what we've got for, you know, use cases and setting up the environment, sort of the technical end of things. Sure. You know, well, let's, let's make sure we've got all the stuff on the truck that we need to get this successfully done. And then as this follow-up, maybe for our next episode, we can talk about the people we need in the room um, to successfully execute a, uh, an HCX proof of concept. Make sense? Sounds good. Yep. All Perfect. Right. So first off, validated use case. Um, Kofi or Andy, whoever wants to jump in first, what's a validated use case? Well, I could I give you an idea. Well, I mean, when we think about like, you know, obviously proper use, but like what we think will be ideally successful. So as you know, when you think about hybrid cloud extension, um, we got to figure out kind of it's more like transport, right? So to and from or from and to wherever we're going to go or vice versa. So within those constraints, we always look at, you know, what you can look at within the parameters of, of, of the technology. So when we think about things like, you know, what is actually supported, obviously, <laughs> when we think about like OS assisted migration and, you know, why we're going to do that and where we're we moving it from and where we're moving it to, and then what do the environments look like? And, you know, obviously making sure we're within the constraints of that. Uh, if we're migrating things like from legacy to um, obviously something that new is the source destination, something that can actually support a migration in itself. But, you know, for example, vSphere versions and, you know, Andy, I'm sure you've probably seen a ton of this uh, mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Um, how you're actually, you know, it, it's not so much that we can't do it. It's a matter of, can we actually do it and be successful because you, you haven't let the environment maybe lapse too much or that you're trying to push things outside of the boundaries of the technology to see that it works. So we like to stay within those specific constraints, right? So I know you yeah. probably articulate a couple more. Or... No, no, I, th I think that's all valid. And, and I think that, I think just knowing the product, but then just talking with whatever, you know, the customer or just invalidating the use case is simply, um, yeah, really just understanding what, what they want to do with that product. There might be a better product for, you know, the, the use case, but if it's moving workloads, I think it could be as simple as starting there mm -hmm. and then growing into more aspects of what that, uh, what HCX offers. So I, I guess what, what I'm, what I'm thinking when I hear validated use case or where, you know, validate the use case when some, if somebody says that to me, I, I guess what comes to mind to me is like picking and choosing the, 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 the services of this inside the service mesh that makes sense to make sure they work for what you need to get done. So like, I guess in my case, what I would think of is 
should somebody as if they want to go through any of this kind of process and this this applies more to just more to this applies to more than just hcx i think it applies to any poc you know should you try to do it all or should you try to just kind of say let's do these one and two things make sure those work and then go to other things i mean how broad or narrow should should a scope for this kind of stuff really be yeah but if you step back for a second like arguably that's i think that's even one step in too deep right so it is my own personal opinion. When I think about this piece, like there's things the technology can and can't do, whether we're going to go into service mesh creation or we're going to do like WAN optimization services or we're going to go into the migration types and what have you. I think a lot of it will be, you know, let's figure out what you're actually trying to move. So for example, do I want to move SAP workload? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Is this like test dev prod? what have you, what is the impact? Where is it going? What's it going to do? Like, ideally we're not going to get into moving production workloads. <laughs> That's not really what I try to do in a POC. <laughs> Don't tell me we haven't been there though. Yeah, ping, ping, ping me on that one later. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. So, I mean, making sure that we're in a situation where both the customer and ourselves are set up for success, right? Yep. And not making it super easy that it doesn't really have any weight, but given the impact of the the the, the proof of concept so that you can show the true value of the technology. So for example, and I can walk you through like validation question. Okay. You're trying to move a workload. Tell me about the workload. It's got three parts to the application. Do they traverse VLANs? Yes. No. You know, that type of different things like that makes a huge impact on where you're going. What type of connectivity already exists within the environment for the place that you're coming from to going. So is this basically an on-prem type scenario or this may be a cloud-based location and what do we need to take into account? This is latency a factor for this type of application? So you, a lot of it comes back to when you validate it, understanding what that is. Then to your point, what is also available to you? Like um, we're gonna create the service mesh, great. We're gonna only isolate the, you know, the, the network profiles to these two uh, VLANs. We're gonna, this is your first initial cluster. This is the compute profile for that cluster. This is the destination. Um, we've taken into account what before and after should look like from a, you know, an IO performance perspective or even going into it from a, um, uh, like a, a networking and latency issue. You know what yeah, I mean? So basically you're taking a very broad stroke at looking at all the pieces of the infrastructure as well as what the application actually can do, as well as validating, you know, the different workloads before and after and what basically what are some of the expected outcomes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good baseline for, for the use case itself. I guess moving beyond that, and, and I think, Kofi, I think you kind of touched on some something specific, but inside of the environment of what they want to move, identifying those workloads and figuring out you know what what needs to get moved because i you know typically the, the things that i've seen with this is people like to or customers like to install this thing and kind of almost do it in sort of a quasi pre-production yep air, air quotes um, 100 poc if this works we'll just keep it yeah, going yeah because <laughs> uh, like well hey why, why go through all the effort again right um and I, and I get that i mean it makes sense but you know there's there's specific things that need to be taken into consideration when when planning any poc 
um, but specific even more as it relates to HDX and licensing and stuff like that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But in, but in terms of like identifying the things that need to move, I think that is a really critical step. And and ex, you know external tools like Virialize Network Insight to an to an extent uh, NSX Intelligence, these things can kind of help identify the the boxes that need to get on the truck, so to speak, so you can move them. Because there's you know I, I've seen in multiple enterprise environments where you know applications have been around for 15, 20 years. The teams who built those apps don't exist anymore. You've got a key keykeeper team who's just keeping it running, and they have no idea what actually the app is made of. They're just kind of guessing. Well, it must be these ones, so they're all in the same folder, so that must be it. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff of talking through the environment and understanding what it is you want it to do is a huge part of kind of the next thing after you figure out the piece and parts of the use case itself you know understanding the environment and figuring out which parts have to be packaged up and ready to go on the truck so you can move it one of the things i think when we talk about the environment itself and andy i think you might have seen more environment considering you've done a five like your team has done about 500 of these oh uh 500 well, vcf deployments not well, hcx deployments let's just say that Close for enough. each of those you had hcx in there well so <laughs> what, i don't know what i always say is is hcx is uh the gateway technology into vcf in a lot of cases because uh it, the, the licensing is bundled so if if a customer has their new VCF environment and they have any type of pre-existing workload, they can leverage HCX to move it all. So um, you're right. The VCF environments might go hand in hand on some timeline uh, with HCX. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess one of the, the, the things that I always look at is like, you know, we, we touched on a little bit of setting up the environment. Um, some of the pieces as we look at, you know, what are the common things that we see, you know, in a customer source environment? And then, you know, what is the desired, um, what, what are some of the challenges that we have to, we kind of have to work through? I think is a bigger, bigger question. I think on the source side, I, th I think we see a little bit of everything, right? So, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the ones that I've been heavily involved in, it's, it's been, they've got piles of Hyper-V that they need to get converted. And, and they've got, and by piles, I mean, you know, almost 10,000 machines that are running in Hyper-V. And those all have to be, be converted over. And then there's, you know, the legacy vSphere stuff because, I mean, sure, you know, everybody's supposed to patch their, their environments and, and keep them up to date. And, you know, my, my good friend and, you know, fellow fellow Wisconsinite Bob Plankers in VMware security would yell at me for, for saying this, but you know, people don't patch their patch their vSphere environments and they end up with legacy stuff running at, you know, 5.0, 5.5, whatever, because it's just it runs and so they just they keep it there. And that's why Bob is always about customers to patch, 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 do security. And so it's one of these things of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, t tends to be a lot of enterprises modes of operation. And so, yeah, then all of a sudden that hardware starts to finally age out and we got to get out of there. You know, how do you do that then? So that's, that's sort of the first sort of source environment is just stuff that's really old. Yep. It almost comes down to also what's the biggest thing in front of that specific IT teams, you know, forefront at the moment. 
it might not have ever been security, but you know, that might just become technical debt and the, the ultimate fire or, or, um, not fire, but, uh, the, the initiative is what they need to have, have happen is getting into a new, uh, hardware or getting off of old hardware. Uh, Britain and I, I know you and I've seen this where there's, there's old environments and from above that it team gets the direction to say we need to get out of this basically now right. and so whether they had looked into security or or there's bubble gum and duct tape everywhere it, they they just know that they need to get out of it and so yeah those things can be taken into consideration well, and, and, and the other one that came up too with one that I was on was this thing of they they had a managed service agreement with a external third party managing a data center for them and they want to get out of that arrangement. <laughs> so how, how do you <laughs> right. do that where you don't even own the hardware? Um, right. You know, so it's, it's that, that's another thing of, of these odd sort of snowflake source environments. And, you know, no, nobody who, who runs a data center wants to be thought of a person running a snowflake. Um, but realistically, if you're building anything prior to Cloud Foundation or a VVD, it's a snowflake. Yep, absolutely. Um, and you're, there's just, you know, sorry that that's just the truth, <laughs> but, but you know, and, and uh, always going to be some nuance. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and, and if it's not just on the, and, and if it's not a snowflake on the data center side of things, then it for certain is on the networking side. Um, or applications. Right. Yeah. Or, I mean, and then that's yep. just it is everybody who likes to think that everybody's data center is just another data center is all the same. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I think, I think legitimately the only companies who can say that their data center footprint is the same is the cloud scale public cloud providers because they have to build them in a scalable manner where everything's legitimately the same. So, absolutely. and how do they do that? Well, a lot of software defined things just like VMware uses. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> What's interesting is, is when you talk about a lot of the legacy stuff, you'd think that people would move beyond standard switching but it's amazing that how much standard switching oh, we actually see. Yeah. Like like left over when it's, I even think about yeah. configuration drifts and some of the issues that are yeah. even associated with like workload provisioning. Yeah. You know, if you're not provisioning to VDS, but then even in this case, as we try to support, you know, what's required to, you know, if we're using like network extensions, like and you don't have VDS, right. and then the pre-work that has to happen to get you onto a VDS. Well, to do that. Right? I, I think that part of this though, Kofi, I think that comes down to IT cultures and environments in companies where, you know, the, the networking group is their own thing, their own silo. It's the siloed IT culture where, you know, the server guys do what they do. The storage guys do what they do. The network team does what they do and they don't really work together unless a vendor comes in and forces them all to get into the same conference room. I'm just going to provide you an uplink. You do what you want. Right. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's, that, it's that kind of stuff. It's that kind of stuff that has led to yeah. the snowflake environment that we are all dealing yeah. with today. And, and so it's, it's one of these scenarios really where we have to sort of break these teams apart and create these cloud collaborative teams where you've got components from each of these disciplines all working together under one roof um, that really moves things forward. That's what gets things going down the road, you know? And so, and, and I think because of that, that's why you've seen large deployments who don't have vSphere distributed switching and they're just using standard switches around because the vSphere people are not network people. And so, because that's a networking component, they don't deal with it. 
is that, that yep. that's what I've seen anyway. Oh yeah, totally agree. I think that I, th- I think that if you have network centric uh, vSphere teams and uh, or virtualization teams and virtualization focused network teams, I think that's a really good start to actually having that cross cloud collaborative type team. But ultimately, I think that as things change and and the IT landscape changes from on-prem to cloud and and more, you know, applications that are spun up in a cloud type manner, those teams have to change or right. those teams, uh, the legacy type team would would really struggle. I wish I had a recording of this, but one of the first uh, Wisconsin VMware user cons that I went to, this was right around the time of NSX for vSphere coming out. And Scott Lowe, who left VMware, went to have, went to HashiCorp, I think, um, and then came back when we bought him back. Um, if you've never met Scott Lowe, he's a great guy. He, he gave the keynote talk at this user con, and somebody asked him a question of like, you know, okay, so with this virtual networking thing that's happening... Does that mean that me as a vSphere, or, you know, admin, I'm going to have to learn all about networking and learn how to do new things? And he's just like, yeah, like that's that's part of it. Like, you know, we VMware can't fix your organizational culture of how your your things are stood up. All we can do is give you tools to make things better. And so he's just, you know, kind of laying it out there of like people have to learn and do new things to keep moving forward with the pace of technology. It's just a given. Um, and, and I'm, I'm butchering his delivery of it. I wish I, again, I wish I had it recorded, but forgive me, Scott, but, 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 but in general, I think he was, he was spot on in that, you know, it people can't get stuck in these silos. We can't get stuck in a rut. We have to constantly be able to change, move and go on to the next thing. Because if we don't, you end up with these environments that don't ever get changed or upgraded. And then it becomes a 10 times, it's, it's literally as hard, moving a mountain from one place to another when it could have been a lot easier if we would just all work together on this stuff from the beginning. Yeah, I can tell you from experience, uh, even talking with customers when you, and again, this is, <clears throat> this is more on the fact that, you know, some customers will just look at this is a like for like and I get paid to do what I get paid to do and the more complex it is, the the more value I show. And I can, I was talking to a customer specifically about even speeding up the ability to migrate their entire data center. And I says, we can cut it over pretty much in two days <laughs> with, with minimal outage. But they, but they're, they're, but what they were, they didn't want to do is they're like, well, what is the cost of X? It's like, actually, for you are an NSXV customer already, believe it or not. Yeah. You can just do the upgrade and get this this piece. It's not. It was not even a, when I say it was a, the cost of the work to do it was triple the amount of the cost of the license that would have sped their whole piece up by I don't know at least. I think they were planning to do it over the course of months, and yeah. we would have done it in days. But this is the piece where we look at like sometimes you know trying to keep it as as simple as possible, uh, and then giving them ability to do things like you're just migrating from one location to another and we're going to make it easy for you to swing the traffic and the technology and the capabilities right. over to another site. And, and I think one of the big pieces is just, it's, it's a lot of the education pieces. I, I had to go to architects network, like get everybody in a room, explain the situation and, and actually show the benefit. Um, it's kind of the same notion as like you're moving from standard switching to, you know, uh, NSX based, uh, you know, 
destination. Like we, we, whether we're going to go into VDS, whether we're going to go into whatever, wherever our landing zone is, could be VMC, could be, you know, VCF, could be net new, whatever. The whole notion is, is that I'm trying to make this easy for you to cut over with the least amount of impact rather than getting networking involved, building layer two networks, like doing a lot more pre-work than is what's necessary right. to get to, to a, to a positive outcome. So part of the piece to get back to the POC piece, you know, it's, it's really kind of aligning with all the different team members, what their roles and responsibilities will be and what the impact of, you know, of their job would be like, what does network need to do? What does the uh, infrastructure admin need to do? What does the PMs need to do? What does change management look like? What does the migration and cutover look like? What is bubble, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lay it out for them. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think to that end too, Hovi, the probably one of the initial most important conversations to have in this process is the actual goal, the actual end goal of what the POC is going to do because the way our licensing works around evals specifically, yeah. it's it's a very tight timeline and it's a very tight restriction around the number of migrations. Uh, yeah, right? the number of migrations and how you can do these things. Um, and and you know, uh, and I know I know some customers in their process of doing this, they've been kind of bitten by this because it's it's tight. So the 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 main thing that I want to get out there is the the eval license for HCX Enterprise is 20 virtual machine migrations and Even for advanced licensing it won't matter which one either one either yeah. one yeah and basically once you hit that cap the only way to remove it is, is subsequently purchasing the product and getting a fully licensed key so it's one of these things of if you're going to go through a poc process of stepping through this especially you know if you happen to be a vmware employee listening to this or hearing this you know, talk to any of your, your friendly HCX major about this because we, 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 you know, this is why we're here to guide people through this process, especially customers. You know, there, there, there's a very fine path of what you can and cannot do in, in, in the middle of an eval, in the middle of a POC, and we have to kind of find those guardrails, as it were, um, just, just to make sure that, what, that every use case that we need to prove out can be proved out within that 20 machine cap very good point because i think it's going to add frustration and length to a poc if it right. can't be um proven inside of that 20 and, 20 vm migration cap. Right. and and i and I, and I and i believe that you know if you have a specific customer use case so if you're if you're a customer and say well i you know I, I really you know it's not that i don't trust the tool i want to be i just want to be able to do a little bit more than that to kind of make sure that all of our i's are dotted and t's are crossed in the in planning for this thing you know that's where we can escalate those kinds of requirements and if we can have that detailed list to say this is the production stuff or this is the pre-production stuff or this is the this is the ultimate goal to say we want to move x number of machines within x amount of time and you know we need licensing to support that we need that information at the outset um because then we can go you know escalate that request up and get proper licensing to cover you know th that period and that that and that ask. So it's not necessarily a. I mean, it, it is a set in stone limit. First of all, um, with the with the readily available keys we can get. But if you need more than that to prove things out, we got to have that information as early in the process as possible. Um, yeah. And so, 
I think we, you know, we kind of touched on it too. I think, and it goes back to what we actually want to migrate, right? If we're going to use OS assisted migration or replication assisted demotion, we, you know, <laughs> understanding those two pieces determines which license you use. Right. And, and also what's already included. So to your, you know, when we talk about the VMC, uh, like a VMC migration and, and, and what's licensed by default, <laughs> uh, or, you know, to your point on VCF and what gets licensed by default and whether there's a need to, 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 to get an enterprise-based license versus an advanced license. It's like sometimes it might be as simple as all I want to do is show vMotion, all I want to show is a bulk migration, but then right, depending right. on who the stakeholder but is. But it's never really that easy, Kofi. No, 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 it's never, <laughs> never, never. <laughs> never. Um, I th- I th- and, yeah, so. Well, yeah, so I think for for me, just to kind of summarize some of the POC to production, and you can you can have all these deeper level conversations with the full, uh, you know, stack of engineers that work on an uh, infrastructure team. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I've always tried to keep it simple and grow from there. Um, when I say keep it simple, just getting it installed with understanding some of those high level, um, longer term goals, the installation piece can be done and yeah. a single V motion, uh, across from one site to another can be done. And that proves out one default capability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you can kind of grow from there. I think that way, if it's already installed and running planning for production, but keeping it simple at the same time, I think is a, is a balancing act, but I think that that can help POCs to be successful. I guess my point. Yeah. hundred percent. Cool. Cause it can, it can always turn into production, but that doesn't have to happen on the first day. You can continue the conversation. I mean, yeah, it, it could, it's maybe viewed differently, but yeah. it's a, uh, Proving out a single scoped POC can be one thing and then continually kicking the ball down the road can be a side task. Yeah. I think all of us are, we're smiling because we all know (laughs) this is all in the same way as like these wonderful POCs that turn into prod. It's like, I built it and then I'm going to do this. And then it's like, Hey, but to your point, like, I mean, just get installed, prove it out. The neat part about this technology is like, you can just redeploy the entire thing once you've already built it and redeploy it really quick. So it's not like, um, it, it, as long as you understand what the, the configs are and you validated kind of what, you, like for you've sure. done some of the planning for what production looks like. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to know, like, for example, scaling out the number of um, anys uh, that you're going to require and then have I allocated enough IPs and you've done the IP planning tool in, in all these things, or you know what this you know, I'm going to not just be a single site, I might be multiple sites. So how have I actually looked at like, you know, what, you know, site pairings look like? And do I have, you know, have I mapped everything out in the way that I need to, to, to look at it? But that's exactly kind of one of the things my customer did, because from their perspective, they did the POC, they tore it down, but then they rebuilt it with the same stuff. And it took them like a fraction of the time of the first time, they knew exactly what was going on. And then from there, they expanded the environment um, and just did some pretty cool stuff from the redeploy that was not very high impact to the, uh, to the, yeah. um, I totally to agree. Yeah, having the customer understand new terms and new ways of doing things 
uh, and they can kick the tires the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with VCF, understanding a new way of doing things and uh, just getting the tires kicked. I see a lot of customers redeploy just because now they have a better view of what they actually want to do. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, cool. I think that's spot on Kofi. Cool. All well, right. and I, and I, I wanted, you know, to transition us out of this. If you're good at something, never do it for free. So, <laughs> so that, that's a nod, that's a nod to my friends in the professional services organization, because, I agree. you know, at some point, a POC, when it is, it, you know, generally speaking, let's, let's be real here. POCs go to production and in one of these, in, in most of these scenarios, when we're talking about enterprise migrations, you really should not do this alone. Um, you you need you need to bring in professional services and let them let let those people who do what they do come in, look at your you look at your setup, what what's going through. You know, we, we don't want to just recommend that customers go through sort of a science experiment and then try to turn that into a production deployment and enterprise migration. Um, it's not a good idea. <laughs> so, you know, so, I don't even think it's, I don't even, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not just that portion. I think the, my thing, the benefits of, uh, of professional services to actually add structure around the migrations, not just the initial plan and design, right? but, but how your team, like how you develop the mobility groups and pods, how do you actually consume the technology in the right way? What's neat is, is VMware does a great job of making technology that works but then people still don't use all the stuff in the, <laughs> in the technology Right. that makes it even better. Yep. So to your point, it's like, how do you maximize what that looks like in the deployment and just get an even better result with professional services where you're going to learn about some of the scripting capabilities. And then, you know, you're learning advanced tech, you know, capabilities of what you can pull in and out of those APIs that are there. You're going to look at how you can structure your migration and wave plans and they have the caveats already built. You're going to do this and then you're going to stumble and you're going to be like, well, why did I stumble? And then you're going to be stuck filling it, figuring it out. But if they've already done it, they're going to be like, don't do it. And here's why, or here's how you properly, stru- you know, go through this, this migration plan. Right. Um, yep. I Very can prescriptive approach with a statement of work and everyone's yep. already project managed and you know, it's, it's a much yeah. faster path. All right. Some, so kind of a, a quick summary to, to wrap things up here as we're getting close on time. So, realistically have have a have a validated use case discussion with your your poc team to understand you know what's the low-hanging fruit to go after um and and figure out the the core use cases you need you know talk through your environment and and come up with you know the scope of, of what you're wanting to look at migrating make sure it fits within a, the licensing that you can get and Kind of, yeah, work step through building out the environment, you know, get your network requirements together, you know, make sure your NSX is fully deployed in the destination. We didn't even talk about that. That's a whole other discussion <laughs> for later, I think. IT silos, we talked about that a bit and just understanding that it takes a, it takes a team to kind of get through this and understand who's, who's, who's all involved in, in moving stuff on the truck. And then... Yeah, if, if, and if you're going down this path of POC to prod, you know, think about, you know, having more than just your own customer team on board to, to work through that process and bringing in some professionals alongside to do this every day because they'll understand, you know, the pitfalls that you're going to hit. Um, and then 
I think, yeah, I think, I think the most important point of all of this is yeah, keeping it simple, uh, especially in the POC itself. Is it's just you know pick pick a one or two use cases, something you can get some quick wins and success with, and grow from there. Try to do too much with any new technology is a recipe for failure. So, yes, sir. All right, agreed. Gentlemen, anything else? Good for this week, man. All right. Yep. Likewise. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, this has been fun. Um, I think I think we'll kind of continue this POC discussion. We'll talk more about putting the team together. Because, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the, the, the people process side of it is um, almost a, just as in-depth of a discussion as this technology side of what we talked about today. All right, well, thanks, guys, and uh, thank you for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the HDX Majors podcast. Thanks to Kofi and Andy. If you're enjoying the show, please rate us on your podcast app of choice. Please share it so others can find us. Thanks again. We will talk to you next time.